Hey guys, welcome back to a new podcast episode. Okay, so today I want to talk about the never-ending story. Now, I'm not going to talk about the first film. I'm more going to talk about the other two films, the, the next chapter and Escape slash Return to Fantasia, something like that. Escape from, from, from Fantasia or Return to Fantasia. But I'm not even really going to focus on chapter two as much as I will focus on chapter three. I just want to get this out of the way and say this. Growing up when I was a kid, I loved the second film, uh, Fantasia, or I always call Fantasia, um, The Neverending Story, Chapter 2. Uh, I, I loved the sequel. Like, I just did. I That was my favorite movie growing up um, out of the three. And I think the reason for that is because the sequel would always play on Disney Channel. I remember that. I remember it was always playing on Disney Channel. And I just, I liked it. I don't know what it was. I think because the first Neverending Story, even though... Trust me, now I understand. Now I get it. Not because of any kind of peer pressure. You know how, like, some people are pressured into believing that the the prequels are bad movies? Like, like look, 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 look. I'm not saying that they are the best. No. But I'm saying that there's a lot of people who, growing up, that I knew personally, loved the prequels. Particularly episode one. I remember a lot of kids my age loved episode one. Until a certain age where they kind of got more, like, I guess, like, you know, they kind of got more influenced by the older people around them who thought it was bad, and now they think it's bad. It's one of those things where a lot of people will tell you something is bad, and so over time, you just kind of believe that you accept that you think it's bad, but when you were a kid, you loved it. It, It's, with Neverending Story 2, it's not really like that for me. You know, obviously, Neverending Story 1 is the best movie, I, you know getting older with time and watching them again, I realized Never Ending Story 1 is the is by far the best movie. However, I still love the sequel, right? Like, I, I still think it's a, it's a really good movie from my childhood anyway, and I, I enjoy it, especially because of the fact that they did this thing and made Never Ending Story 3, which is just the worst in the series. So, all right, talking about Never Ending Story 2, um, like I said, growing up, it was my favorite of the Neverending Stories, and I think the reason for that is because the first Neverending Story, okay, when I was really little, I hated books. I, I hated reading. I absolutely hated it. It wasn't actually until I read The Chronicles of Narnia, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe in fifth grade that I started to like reading, right? I read books all the time when I was a kid. I read Goosebumps, all that stuff. I didn't necessarily like reading. I didn't like the art of the act of reading. And actually, when I started to love reading after I read Narnia, I went back and read majority of the Goosebumps books in fifth grade. And that is when I started to love reading. Um, That's, you know, after I read Narnia. Narnia was the first book that really made me love to read because my dad had always told me like, yeah, you know, books will take you somewhere in your mind. You know, when you read books, you go on this adventure, you don't need to watch TV all the time. And I was like, dad, you're, you're a moron. And uh, when uh, I read the Chronicles of Narnia in my fifth grade class, it was a read-along, so we all had to read together, and that's when it started to click for me. And it, it kind of felt—I kind of felt like Bastian, you know, when he's in the first Neverending Story, when he's reading the Neverending Story, then he realizes, like, he—he kind of sees himself in the story when he looks at, like, there's a moment where Atreyu is looking in the mirror, you know, in these mirrors, and he sees Bastian, and Bastian sees him, and they connect for the first time. 
that's what it felt like for me when I first read Narnia. When I was like, I felt like I was with Mr. Tumnus walking through the snow as he's like, you know, going back to his house after seeing, you know, Lucy Pevensey for the first time and being kind of, you know, leery of who could be around him watching. I felt that like I, it was so cool. And like, I remember the cover of the book, that particular cover was like, you know, the fawn walking in the snow. And like, Every time, you know, whenever we read that, I, I just imagined pure snow, like just, you know, this this fawn walking through the snow, you know, the the, the picture in the front of the book kind of came alive for me. I used obviously that as like a, a mental reference, like a visual reference in my mind. And it just, it clicked for me. I was like, man, reading is fun. And it was cool because when I got to see the movie in 2005 that Disney did, I was like, dude, this is like, I actually got chills when they first showed Narnia, when they first showed, you know, Lucy meeting him. Because I'm just like, this is like straight out of my mind, right? Like, obviously it was like out of majority of our minds. If you had read, you know, the book and you had seen like the illustration of the, the fawn walking through the forest, it was like pretty much an exact replica of that. It was just really crazy, but it was cool. And, um, you know, reading the, the first narrating story, it's such a dark movie, right? The themes are so dark. I love it, but it's it's a very dark film. It's beautiful. It's beautifully done. The score is beautiful. Everything about the first never-ending story is so nostalgic, which is why when it, like, made an appearance in Stranger Things, I was like, yes, this is great. I love it. Like, I love never-ending story. It's such a, such a good movie. And the book is good, too. Um, I actually own, own the book. It's a good book. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the movie was just really dark. And never-ending story, too, was just light. It was just a completely, like, you know, like, just the, the the scenes were lighter, everything was lighter, and I think that's why I think I gravitated more towards that one as a kid, was just because everything was lighter. There were a few interesting characters in the movie. Um, I really enjoyed like the the like the the guy with the, the multiple heads. I thought that was a cool concept. I liked that idea. Um, Zaida, who is the villain, was kind of cool. So let me let me give you the synopsis of this. Okay, so after I'm. I, after Bastion kind of saves Fantasia in the first film, giving the childlike empress her name, which is Moonchild, um, he then goes back to his life, the real world. You know, he's he's lost his mom. He's still really dealing with that because, again, this takes place, like, right after the first film, I guess. But, um, you know, he's still dealing with the loss of his mother. He hasn't really quite gotten over that yet. Um, it's just him and his dad. And he ends up going back to... I forgot the guy's name, the store owner's name, but he goes back to his shop, takes the running story again, because he actually, we start off with Bastion going to school, and he's kind of a misfit in school, which is kind of how he was in, in the first one, so nothing's really changed there. He's a little older, a little, a little less wise, I guess. He, he makes a lot of dumb decisions in the second movie. He really, really does. So anyway, he's like, you know, kind of a klutz and stuff, and, you know, he's got this fear of heights, that he developed, um, which is weird because in, in the end of the first, like, the end of the first movie, he's flying on Falcor and he loves it, but I guess you could argue that, you know, like, he's, he's fearless with Falcor, right? Like, he's, he's fearless with him, so I guess that's, that's why it's, like, the first film teaches him sort of to be fearless, but then, you know, I mean, I don't know, there's a lot of us who, like, you know, you, you overcome one fear and then you find there's a whole nother one, right? Like, it's, I don't know. I think for me, it's like, I kind of rationalized it as like, you know, you know, get older, things change, or, you know what I mean? Like, I, I always just rationalized it as Falcor was, like, what made him fearless, and that's why it was okay for him to fly on, you know, this dog dragon's back, the love dragon. 
sorry, I took a sip of water there, but that's, you know, that's what I thought. Anyway, so we find out that he's got a fear of heights. And there's also, he's probably got, you know, a little performance anxiety too, because, you know, he's in the, in the, the first scene, well, in one of the first scenes we see him, he's trying to join the, uh, the swimming team in school. And there's a whole bunch of other kids watching him, you know? And so he gets really excited, but then he starts looking at all the other kids and how big the obstacle is and how small they are in comparison. And like I said, there's a whole bunch of other kids around him. We already know, we already know like Bastion doesn't really have a lot of friends. We never see Bastion in these movies with any friends. So I think that's where the, you know, performance anxiety and stuff kicks in. And anyway, so he gets to the top of the of, of the the diving board and he's ready to jump and all of a sudden he just sees like this you know water like this huge waterfall like just surrounding him and he's just like freaking out he's like I don't know what to do I don't know what to do so he ends up just like saying he has a cramp and then we cut to the, his home scene with his dad his dad is going on dates which I think might even be activating his like you know self uh his uh not self-conscious well yeah self-consciousness his his uh his uh issues because he knows his dad is going out he knows his dad's gonna see this woman and you know he's even wearing his mom's you know clothes that he he gave uh, she gave him uh before she died which I was like wait didn't the mom die when he was like younger how did like I don't know like maybe she made him like a, a an oversized shirt once or something I, I'm not sure because like they show flashbacks of him and the mom and he is younger than himself in the first movie so I'm thinking like was she making clothes at like every stage of his life that he could wear I don't understand like did she I don't know I don't know it, it's weird so anyway the dad makes you know this 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 joke about him wearing terrible clothes he's like mom made these clothes for me and they kind of get into it and he's just really upset and uh, Bastion, eventually Bastion goes back into Fantasia and, you know, he meets Nimbly, who is this new character. So the the plot behind this film is Zaida is this, like, you know, evil, like, enchantress or whatever. And she wants to take over Fantasia. And she's very aware of Bastion. So in order to take over Fantasia, she's going to have to get rid of Bastion by making him lose his memories every time he makes a wish with Orn. So this time he is going into the story. Instead of going through via, like, Atreyu, he is going to be the one going into the story. Um, And he has to fight off the, I think it's, is it the nothing? Or is it nothing in the first one? No, I think it's the emptiness. Yeah, it's the, is it the emptiness? Yes. I, I can't remember. There's, because the first one I think is the nothing, and then the second one is the emptiness. Yes? Yes. I think that's how it works. So anyway, the emptiness, which again is like, this, the movie series is basically about how you process grief, right? The nothing, the emptiness. Why are you feeling empty? You're feeling empty because you lost the one that you love. And you just like, at first you feel nothing. You're so numb to it. You know, you can't believe that you lost, you, know, you feel numb. And then you, you start processing that, that numbness and then you just kind of feel empty. Like there's nothing, like that person leaving took you with them, I guess, in a sense. You know what I mean? So that's kind of what these two first films kind of like talk about those, those issues. And the book does it, I think, even more in depth too, because it's really just about, you know, finding yourself. Bastion is finding himself. And even in the second film, I think it does an okay job with, with Bastion, you know, conquering his fear of heights, but also conquering his fear of the emptiness and the nothingness, you know, that that's, it, 
being in Fantasia and, and going on these adventures is helping him grieve the loss of his mother, but also kind of cherish the relationship that he has with his dad, which is more talked about in this in the sequel, which is why I like it, is that we kind of get this father-son type thing by the end of the film. And you start to understand, like, the father, I think, starts to understand what Bastion is going through more, but then Bastion also kind of understands that his dad is trying to help him process, you know, the grieving. And a lot of people don't like the sequel. I know there's a lot of people who give it so much crap. I don't see why. Like, is it on par with the first one? No. Are there some dumb things in there? Yes. Like, Bastion and his wish making is absolute garbage. Bastion makes the worst wishes. But again, in my like rational mind, I can kind of like excuse it away because it's like, well, he's a child, right? Like he's a kid. Like you give a kid power and the kid's going to do something dumb, like create a dragon that's going to burn down Fantasia. He would do something like that because he's a kid. I mean, I'm not saying all kids are, are Bastion's level of, you know, silly, but I, I can see it. It kind of makes some sort of sense. But there were some moments that I'm like, best, and I can't excuse this. This is just stupid. For example, like, there's a moment in the movie where Bastion has to make these wishes to get to the top of, like, this, this like, mountainside to get into the tower where Zaida lives, and he just keeps wishing for more steps, and it's like, no. No, Bastion. No. You wouldn't, you wouldn't do that. Nobody would do that. Like, no one would do that. You would just wish for them all the way to the top. That's, that, that makes sense. Like, that just makes the most sense. There's also a scene in this, which I was like, this just feels like dumb product placement, um, is when he wishes for a spray can to, like, get rid of it. I'm like, you could have wished for anything. Anything. Like, I know, I think in the book that he wishes for, like, a sword, but he really could have wished for anything. Like, anything in the world and he doesn't do that he wishes for a spray can and then he's like tells the train to get him five or something and i'm just like you guys stop like stop 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 just stop this whole thing is just trash but i do like the second film because i like the relationship between him and atreyu the first film we're seeing bastion reading the book as if he is atreyu like as if they are one and then in this we kind of get to see them as two separate characters working together you know what i mean i really do like how that dynamic works um and yeah i think it was just it was just a good overall a good movie um you know, like, I mean, was it, as, again, was it as good as the first? No. And I think it knows that. I think, I think it knows that. But I, I do like the, the balance between the two. I like the, the darkness of the first film and the sort of lighter elements of the second film. And even the second film, even though, like, I'm sure the budget was smaller and stuff, and it was done, like, six years after the first one, um, there's still some care, I think, that went into it that makes it a decent movie. I kind of put it up there with Return to Oz uh, that Disney did back in the 80s. I kind of put it in that category of film. You know, like that one, Worst Witch, those kind of movies where it's like they're not the quality of the, like, the original never ending story I put up there with like Willow and with like Legend and all those kind of like, you know, those kind of uh mythical whatever kind of movies but really really good like when it comes to visuals and stuff I put it up there with those probably even better than some of those but the sequel obviously was done at a, at a lesser caliber so I put it with movies that are not terrible they're actually kind of cool and they have like their own like use, like design and I think I like the second film too because it feels less weight um like less of a weight to me the first film is a great movie but it feels like 
because you're going through all that. Like there's like, I think the swamp of sadness is that there's a lot of weight in the first film. I tend to like the lesser or cheaper quality sequels better a little bit because they're, they're easier to watch to sit through because they're not, they don't feel as like meaty, if that makes sense. Um, that's just my opinion. I don't know. That's just how I am. Anyway, so now we're going to get to Never Ending Story Free and you guys... You guys, you guys, I was a kid, okay? I was a kid when this film came out, and I'm a kid who likes most things. I liked The Three Ninjas, all three of those movies. Like, sorry, didn't like the the fourth one, did not like the fourth one, went back and watched it recently again, and I remember why I didn't like it. But I I can tolerate a lot. I cannot tolerate Never Ending Story 3. I can't. I cannot do it. I can't. I actually watched it in recent years, so I do actually own the film. I went and bought this, like, DVD collection. I actually bought it for The Thief and the Cobbler, and, like, it was, like, 10 movies that came together in this, like, DVD package, and um, that was one of the movies, so that's why I have it. Other than that, I don't want the movie, but um, the film stars the kid from Free Willy, and that's that was, like, their big selling point of this film, which I thought was kind of weird, because I'm just, like, whatever I should add that like the first film stars the little boy I think from it's called Daryl the movie's called Daryl he's he was a pretty famous little kid I don't remember his name but that's who who he is and Noah Frank I think that's his name is that Noah is it I think it's Noah Frank who was in the original troll movie um was in the first film and the second film uh, he was uh, a trade the second film stars Jonathan Brandes who went on to play in the movie it he uh the original it he also uh was the voice of Mosenrath in Disney's the uh, Aladdin TV show um and so that's him he's been in a few other things too that are pretty notable um and then this movie again stars a kid uh, from uh, uh Free Willy and um that's another thing too I get that these movies are done so far apart but it's just like having to go through recast after recast after recast of basically all of the characters is really weird like Bastion's dad is like a balding man in the first film then he's got a full head of hair in the second film and he's much younger um to then the third film where he's got like a full head of hair again but he's much different looking you know um in in the third film bastion obviously goes through different changes you know i mean again i can excuse these things but like at least try to pay some sort of attention to detail with these films right like try a little bit so anyway the third film is about bastion's family he's basically his dad and him have moved on the dad has moved to a new town to live with this woman and her daughter um, they are getting, I think they're married or they're getting married or something like that. And Sebastian is now like has a stepsister and stuff. The stepsister, who I think his name is like Nicole or Nikki or something, wants nothing to do with him. She's like full of attitude. She's she's a jerk. Pretty much the whole movie, she's a jerk. I liked her character, but she's a jerk. So anyway, he's going to a new high school and there are these guys named the nasties there, and they are jerks, basically, like like kids who have not like grown adults who should have been like far removed from high school but are still there for whatever reason like I don't know uh led by Jack Black Jack Black is in this film before he got really big um and so you know they're trying to take over the school and they're just they're they're jerks and then in Fantasia the child like Empress and uh is under attack again because um Fantasia is basically turning nasty because kids are not wanting to read books anymore and that's affecting Fantasia which is kind of like 
always been the, the plot of these movies or, or part of the theme is that like with kids not reading anymore no one's gonna tell their stories um that's why that's that's why Bastion is like important to the story at all because you know if kids don't use their imagination and they don't they don't think of things for these characters to do they won't exist anymore it's been it talked about in the first film it talked about in the second film that's that's what it is and so that's one of the, the only things that they keep a hold of in this film is that like you know it's about kids reading and and the power of reading that's basically never any story like the movies anyway that's basically the theme is that like when you read your mind takes you places it's important to read you know if you don't read these characters won't exist anymore and even like a piece of you as a person won't exist anymore because you know reading does so much for the mind and even you know the, the soul it really does like you know there's some books I've read that have really changed my life to the point where I now write my own stories because you know for me anyway I was always looking for a story that I could you know relate to that was like a Harry Potter fantasy but that started like a black character I wanted more diversity I wanted Native American characters I wanted I wanted Hispanic characters I wanted Asian characters in my stories and I didn't get a lot of that growing up you know a lot of the characters in stories I read and that I processed you know were white characters so but when I read them their colors changed but at the same time they didn't because of what was on the cover right you know the cover of the book tells you kind of gives you a like a, a visual guide of how to look at these characters so even though that didn't always work most of the time it did work and then where you have like movies which are visual mediums of that you kind of just like couldn't help but you know after I had read like I think after I read like, the third or fourth Harry Potter book and seeing the movie, I could not help but put Daniel Radcliffe's face as Harry Potter. It was no longer my own face as Harry Potter when I read the books. It was now his face, you know? So I wanted to write my own books, write my own stories where I could see myself. You know what I mean? And so I, I ended up writing my own story. So, you know, I, I relate to this whole, like, reading is important. It's a fundamental thing. Um, it's literally fundamental. I don't know. Anyway, so we get this story of like the, the, the nasties taking over Fantasia, like, you know, the nastiness of the world is taking over Fantasia. And um, Bastion teleports himself there after being confronted by these school bullies who, of course, have to attack Bastion because that's just kind of like what happens. I also want to say that it's interesting that um, in this first Never Ending story, one of the bullies in that movie is also a bully to the kids in the uh, made-for-TV movie, the It movie, which also stars Jonathan Brandes from the sequel. So there's all like there's some like It family like you know It kind of tie-ins to some of these movies, not the third one, but at least the first two films, which I thought was kind of interesting. Uh, I thought that was kind of cool. Anyway, so um, we're reintroduced to some of these characters, and they are just terrible. Like like Falcor, Falcor has always like. I've always thought of him as so majestic and a beautiful creature. I love the idea of making a dragon, but also looking like a dog, a friendly, cute dog. I love, like, Falcor. Such a cool character. This movie screws him up so badly. And not even just him. It screws up Rockbiter as well. Like, Rockbiter is one of the coolest characters as well. Like, in the original film, they're both these huge characters. They're both these huge creatures. And they just destroy them in the third film and the third movie takes like the third movie has nothing to do with the novel by the way it's its own thing and you can tell because it's just like it's so 
hollow. Like it really is. It, it feels like the emptiness. It's just so hollow, this story. Um, and so basically Bastion ports, you know, teleports himself into the never ending story and um, escapes, you know, the nasties. And all of a sudden like John, John, what's his name? Um, Jack, sorry, Jack Black, his character, uh, takes the Neverending Sword, which, by the way, looks nothing like the Neverending Sword from the first two films. It looks nothing like it. The cover has changed, like the medallion, like Oren has changed. It's just, I don't understand why this happened. Like, I, I don't get it. I have no idea why. I, I, maybe there were like some issues with it. I don't know. Maybe after like the, because the author of the book hated the movies, especially the first movie, hated the first film and I'm assuming he, he must have hated anything that came after that um but hated it so I think they just felt like you know what? we're just gonna steer clear of everything that was like used in those movies and we're gonna do our own thing with a cheaper budget but like it, I mean I guess you can say that everything changes based on like Bastion's perspective of it sure because you know I mean the never ending story itself is kind of like this it, it's always the story's always changing so I guess the cover could always change too I guess I don't know the way he finds it is just kind of like oh yeah this is never ending story because I say it is and it's kind of like but no like the first two films it looked a certain way and in this like I had completely forgot that this that the cover was different when I watched this movie I was like that's right like this is oh my god this is terrible so it was just bad anyway so he ends up going to Fantasia and um he talks to the child like Empress and she's telling him like you know this is what's happening blah 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 our world's falling apart because it's always falling apart and you know one of the key things about these movies never ending story that I love is how much time we get to spend in Fantasia you know the first one Bastion's reading it and so we're going through the uh, Treyu the second film Bastion's in it so we're spending all of our time pretty much in Fantasia well the third film is like we're gonna spend more time in the real world you know that we're, we're all from it's not that interesting it's just like what the heck like no give us more Fantasia but after seeing some of the creatures in this movie I'm like I, I'm kind of glad we didn't spend more time in Fantasia it's kind of terrible so anyway um Bastion uh is trying to wish to go home to you know stop the nasties only he can't really do that because he's not wishing hard enough so all of the characters that we love and some that we don't um hold his hand and basically they all travel back to the real world except they all kind of come out at different pockets so everyone is kind of displaced it's i think rock biters junior or junior um i think it's falcor a tree and then the little elf guy from the first one who does come back i thought that was kind of cool they actually did bring back a character maybe not the actor but the character one of the characters from the first film that hasn't been in the sequel so that was kind of cool and then we get like this this tree guy who i don't understand why he needs to be in this and it's just like the movies over time just completely downgrade like the first film all of them are considered children's films but the first film is very dark with dark subject matter the second film is kind of lighter and the third film is just a straight up cash grab to cater to kids who may have heard of never ending story before and may have watched it possibly like it's just really like it's bad it's 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 just it's the worst of the worst it's so bad this movie's just 
it's bad. And it's insulting. It's really insulting because the first film does such a great job of being a great film. And the second film tried as hard as it could to be on par with the first without trying as hard as it could, I guess. Um, where the third film is just like, we're not even trying, dude. Like, we're just, we're not, we're not trying. We're not, we're not trying. Bastion sometimes seems a little smarter in this one than he did in the second one. So that's positive. He's also older, though. So I guess he should be smarter at some point. I don't know. Anyway, so... Bastion teams up with his jerk sister to try and, you know, save the characters because they have, in order to, um, in order to save Fantasia, he's got to stop the nasties, but he also has to have the book and the Orin and have all the characters together. He can't just like, you know, save Fantasia and, or whatever. He has to have them back in the book before he can save Fantasia. It, it's really weird. I don't know. He, that's just what he has to do because the movie asked him to do that. So he has to get these characters back and, um, you know, he fights the nasties or whatever. And then like somehow the sister gets the book and she's like the book, instead of, instead of the book, like, uh, telling you what's going on in the story as Bastion moves along, it's dictating what he's going to do. And so he ends up like, like using martial arts to fight off the nasties it, it was I don't know the, the book was just the book was telling him what to do for a change and I mean you know maybe that's a good thing because he is not the brightest so maybe the book is like you know what you're an idiot let me fix this for you so maybe that's what happened I don't know so anyway by the end of the film um because not much happens at the end of the film we get you know the family dynamic is changed the sister and the brother are stronger together yay Bastion's accepted his new life the nasties are now good kids and they all want to help Bastion and they all want to graduate because they realize that they are too old to be in high school and all the characters go back to Fantasia and they're safe I don't remember if Atreyu was in this film, which I don't think he is, and if he is, it's for a very short period of time, which is kind of sad because Atreyu was the, the character that led us through the first film, and so for him not to be in this one or to be in very, very little of it is kind of sad. There was a series done on the Nerdy story, and I want to get back into it because I did watch the first the first couple of episodes, and it was fairly decent. Um, I, I want to get back to that. I might end up getting back to that at one point because it was pretty, it was, it was pretty decent compared to the, this movie. This movie was just bad. Um, but anyway, yeah, so this movie is just the worst of the series. There were no really interesting characters. Even if they were new characters, they weren't that interesting. Um, yeah, I just, I, I don't know. Like, I, I just, I walked it like normally I love Bastion. Normally I love the character of Bastion. I did not care for him in this movie. Um, I didn't care for any of them. I would say Nikki, I think the sister is my favorite character in this film, and she's a jerk. So um, but yeah, I mean, there was nothing that felt on par with the original movie or the sequel. And it made me wonder why even do this? Like, like, why did you just bare bones this movie and go, hey, we're gonna do something totally different? It's not gonna be never ending story but it will at least have the name so that way we'll get that money. Like, and I feel bad for the kid from Free Willy because I mean, the, the first two films anyway were really popular. And the fact that like he was, you know, he did this movie is like, dude, like even you are better than this. Like even you are better than this movie. Like you, you shouldn't have done it. I don't know. Anyway, that's the end of this one. Make sure to check all three of those films out. Tell me what you guys think. I... If you don't make it to three, I totally understand. Or don't make it all the way through three, I totally understand. But at least try and give it a watch if you want to. But yeah, I'll get back to Never Ending Story, the original film, in another podcast episode. I will see you guys next time. 
Have a great rest of your day. Peace out.